Hello, my name is Adam Eason, and welcome to episode 101. Yes, that's 101 of Hypnosis Weekly. Hypnosis friends and a very warm welcome to Hypnosis Weekly. Once again, in my own highly biased opinion, I think I have a hell razor of a show lined up for you today. Um, as I said at the beginning of every Hypnosis Weekly episode, this podcast is something that I want to encompass a feeling of embracing diversity, celebrating the field of hypnosis and encouraging friendly, professional, enjoyable discussion and debate, as well as doing its best to inform and educate. I do not share the same stance as most of our guests and at times have major differences in approach and leaning, but all are incredibly lovely people who I'd happily talk with until late in the pub and all of whom, following their time here on Hypnosis Weekly, I have a great deal of respect for. Uh, if you have questions, queries, thoughts or feedback, do get in touch via the Hypnosis Weekly website. Uh, all the references made in the discussions along with related links are posted in the episode notes uh, section at iTunes and in each episode's page of the website www.hypnosis-weekly.com. You can add your thoughts, comments, make any suggestions there too. And please do share this podcast on Facebook, Twitter and anywhere else to help us reach more of the hypnosis community. Uh, it's greatly appreciated. So it's yet another special edition. We have a, a spate of them. Um, um, it is episode 101 of this podcast. Ooh, let me explain the significance of the number 101. Here in the UK, uh, the BBC ran a TV show that was entitled Room 101. It was a chat show whereby uh, celebrities got the chance to wax lyrical about the people and the things they dislike or even hated the most. Uh, in each episode, the host, host sort of refereed celebrities as they competed for his approval to banish their top peeves, their annoyances, their irritations, their worst nightmares, uh, and, and plunge them into the depths of Room 101, never to be returned, so they're gone forever. Um, and the series title, it was based on um, the room of the same name in George Orwell's uh, dystopian novel, 1984. And uh, I'm using the same notion here today. So if you had the chance to shelve your worst pet hates from the field of hypnosis and hypnotherapy, what would they be? And that's the question that's being posed to my guests this week. I'd originally planned to ask attendees at the UK Hypnosis Convention this very question and record snippets as I performed my social butterfly role at the event, but I was unable to do this for a wide number of reasons. So I've invited onto the show four guests. Etain McNulty, a great friend of mine, a strong-minded, busy hypnotherapist based in Belfast and the kind of woman I think the hypnotherapy field needs more of. Nick Ebden and James Brown, they're currently setting the world to rights together on their new Hypnotic Imperceptions podcast and it seemed to make a lot of sense to have them on this show, uh, this particular edition, for that very reason. I get a sense that they have plenty that they'd like to see consigned to the hypnosis-based Room 101. And also Jürgen Rasmussen, a very popular former guest on the show and professional peer who gives the field a lot of consideration. He's no stranger to provocation and controversy himself. 
So such a combination seems to me like the perfect one for this particular episode. They all get to share two things uh, that they'd like to see removed from the field of hypnosis and hypnotherapy that are then to be consigned to room 101 and disposed of forever. The only rule being that they cannot mention any individual people. I realise a few listeners are probably breathing huge sighs of relief right now. We all then get to vote on what we agree to be put into the room with me making any final decision if needed. Uh, I chair the discussion and afterwards I'll be sharing my own thoughts with the two things that I choose to place into room 101 myself. So for now, get comfy my friends, sit on your tea, enjoy the room 101 special edition of Hypnosis Weekly. So, as I've just been discussing, I'm delighted to welcome the one and only Etain McNulty, Nick Ebden, James Brown, Jürgen Rasmussen to this very special edition of the Hypnosis Weekly podcast. This week, I shall be asking my guests to, to cast an element of the hypnosis and hypnotherapy field into Room 101. And we're going to get straight on with it. We're going to go straight to Etain McNulty. Etain, tell us. What's the first item you wish to cast into Room 101 and be free of, be rid of for all eternity? Okay, brilliant. The first thing I would like to put into Room 101 is the term somnambulist. Oh, okay, okay. Explain this. Not just somnambulism, but somnambulist particularly. So, obviously somnambulism refers to the deepest darkest levels of trance that we can go to um and i just have a problem with this term for for lots and lots of reasons um to begin with it presupposes lots of ideas and beliefs about hypnosis that not only do i not agree with i just think are becoming increasingly really outdated and just don't do us any favours at all. Um, so trance is in there, levels of trance, and then markers of trance, distinct levels of, of trance that can be marked out by specific features, which you know, I, I just like to put the whole thing in room yeah. one. Like. So, so um, um, the, the, the specific label of somnambulist as in as in you are a somnambulist which therefore means that you go to this kind of deep level of hypnosis or or or, or it is a, a, a sort of pre pre-existing measurement yes. of depth of hypnosis okay interesting interesting um yeah. I'm, 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 d- did you have more to say on that do you want me to ask the guys to ask you some questions um i mean i could talk about it you know for the rest of the day <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 so so it's fixed you know that, that it's a fixed term so you either are a somnambulist or you're not um the fact that if you're not then all of these things aren't available to you which you know like most of us know isn't true um and also the way that the way that it means that we explain things to clients because if clients believe that they need to be in quotes, a somnambulist in order for certain things to happen, then, you know, all of these, all of these certain things 
aren't available to them rather than the art of suggestion so yeah 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 you, you know um I, I, when i was when i was considering this particular um episode and i was thinking of of stuff um this 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 hadn't been flagged in my in, in in my thought process, but but I really like the direction that you're going in. I mean, I remember, for example, um, um, in my in my younger days, someone someone um, um, very well known in the field telling me that only you know there was only a certain percentage of people that were capable of full blown somnambulism, yeah. um, and I remember finding that quite objectionable. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I, I'm kind of leaning a little bit there. Do, do any of you other guys at the moment want to ask Etain about this or have any? commentary to add as far as this particular item is concerned yes please yeah okay James, James. <laughs> yes please. well I, I was I'd like to I'd like to uh, add something to it and yeah. you kind of just touched on it there and I think along with the, the this the somnambulism uh, point this idea of uh, of the one in five the one in five can you know that the, a great somnambulist and one in five can't be hypnotized this idea of you know this this one in five can you know are great or a rubbish i think can we can we add that into to this this category of somnambulism etc yeah, are you okay with that yeah the, 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 the people that use the term kind of kind of make it make it statistically relevant in that way yes. that it's that it's only available to that sort of 20 percent Yes, uh, and and I've always, I, I, if I, I mean, I'm going to be slightly contentious here, but whenever I hear somebody say one in five people are somnambulists or one in five people can't be hypnotised, to me this sounds like one of these uh, appalling excuses for uh, just not being very good in the moment uh, or not understanding it sufficiently in the moment, um, yes. and it tends to be this this excuse that's made. So. So yeah, I'm, I'm. I don't really have a question for you. Other, sure, other sure, than, sure. Are you happy to widen yeah. this out slightly? So, um, I'm so, so if we widen it out to include some of the ways in which people, which, which people use it, are you happy with that, Attain? And also, um, um, we're, we're not actually going for the people that use the term here. We're going yeah. for the actual term itself. So, so yeah. that the label of somnambulist, uh, of somnambulist, um, as someone that is responsive in a certain way, that that is one of. The, the sort of one in five um, um, as it often gets banded around. Yeah, and just everything that it contains, you know, that idea of going deeper and how far, how deep you can go and what you can achieve when, when you go deeper. And I've had clients say to me, well, you know, how deep will I be able to go? And all of this, it's just, it, it just removes choice. You know, every, yeah. so everything with it, everything to do with somnambulist. Yeah. I think, I, I think, me personally, one of the issues that I have around this, um, this particular term, is that there's not a huge amount of evidence to support it, and in fact, the kind of evidence that I've been inclined to. To, to adhere to um, 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 it tends to suggest that people that, that hypnotizability is not set in stone, and that um, and also the notion that depth doesn't necessarily correlate, or so-called depth doesn't necessarily correlate with responsivity. Um, um, now, interestingly enough, both Jurgen and James were at um, at an event. Um, 
um, um, with me in Denmark um, 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 just quite recently. And um, one of the other speakers was, was, was referring to somnambulism and, and actually attempted to reframe somnambulism a little bit and re-explain it in terms of um, it, just responsiveness, not necessarily being completely zonked out, but much more in terms of responsiveness. And, and there was a part of me that, that, that even started to, to sympathise a little bit. But, but, but really, what we're talking about here is this label, this old school term that someone mm -hmm. is, has a one in five chance of being a somnambulist. And that means that they are deeply responsive. So um, let's put it to a vote. Um, Nick, is this to go in room 101 or not? Um, sorry, I, I, I panicked then. I tried to take myself <laughs> off of mute. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. OK, Chuck it OK. In. It's got a vote. Jürgen, is this is the term somnambulist uh, are going in room 101? Well, a, a quick comment before the vote. Uh, <clears throat> I, I think the term somnambulist, probably yes, because it's it, it's it's a very misleading word. You know, people talk about sleepwalkers and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> on on the other hand. One thing that's been extremely useful to me in my career, you know, doing this type of stuff was I, I used to start out with the belief that, you know, everyone could equally do hypnosis. I'm not talking about doing hypnosis to someone, right? Not the mm. do to, but the do with. Yeah. And um, I, I, I remember just how useful it was to kind of acknowledge that people do vary in their hypnotic capacities. Now, now, let me clarify this, though, because, because to my mind, there, there's a big difference between capacity and potential. At least the way I use the terms, by potential, I mean what someone might potentially be able to do someday. You know, and, and, and by capacity, I kind of mean what they more or less can do right now. Mm. And, yeah. and I, I, I think there's a huge, I, I think, A, there are differences in people's capacities. And I think working with clients, it's useful to base the way you work with them more on what they can currently do, ballpark range, than some idealistic notion that everyone can pretty much do everything. Uh, that, that's one thing. Um, and at least in my experience, you know, people who seem to have a lot of hypnotic capacity do seem to offer some challenges for the agent of change, which is useful to be aware of and to kind of troubleshoot around. I'll, I'll give just one example of this. In my experience, people who seem to be very responsive can often be somewhat seductive in that they can very easily step into a new suggested reality and make it as real as real. And it's very easy to then kind of overestimate how likely it is that they've actually made changes during the session because these folks can often enter the real life and other contexts and they just as easily step into other suggested realities. So it, it can be very easy come, easy go. So I, I, I think it's useful to have a term, if not synambulism, but, but some term 
that kind of differentiates and makes the point that for all practical purposes, people do vary a bit in their hypnotic capacities. And you better take that into account when you're actually working with someone. Sure, sure, mm -hmm. sure. So, 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 so are, are you arguing for a case that it's potentially useful to label an individual as a somnambulist? Well, I, I, I wouldn't use the word somnambulist, and I wouldn't necessarily label the person either and say you are this or you or you are that. But I think more as an internal uh, orientation when working with someone to to have some sort of label of okay, some people do seem to have a lot of hypnotic capacity and and sure and and and, and that should inform the way you work because there are some pitfalls to fall into and some people do seem to have relatively little. You know, and, and, and that might also be an inclination that, you know, more regular cognitive or behavioral approaches may be give you a bigger bang for the buck than trying to force the more hypnotic roots. Sure, sure. OK, so um, um, if you had to if it when it comes down to the vote, then Jürgen, um, does the term somnambulist go into room 101 or not? Term somnambulism, yes. Highly hypnotizable client, no. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, so I'm going to take that as two votes for in James. <laughs> uh, we're going to go for yes straight away. Okay, and and I, I you know, I, 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 I'm pulling the lever. I'm pulling the lever. I'm opening the trap door uh, of room 101. The term somnambulist is is now gone. It's wiped out. It's off the face of the planet. Um, um, and there it goes. And and, and the, the reason that I'm doing that, funnily enough, is um, 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 the reason that that, that that I personally think it, it deserves um, to be in there is, first of all, I, I have mental scarring uh, from uh, from the way it was used by people in the early stages of my career. Um, and, and I think they put me off the term. Um, but also because because it's very nature of being a label and because of what, what that label implies that it's 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 you know that, that this idea that, that that there are only certain number of people where for me just as Jürgen says you know responsiveness is is something that, that, that can be trained that I believe people can be trained and, and albeit that they have an existing capacity in that moment part of my role I think as, as a hypnotherapist is to coach my clients to be better hypnotic subjects and um, therefore I don't see huge amount of usefulness in labeling them uh, uh, using a static term that implies they either are or are not uh, uh, you know a good subject so to speak yeah, um, and just just sorry Adam just to follow yeah. that up that, that was the probably the primary reason why I wanted it to to go in as well is the the labeling element as you know yeah. in my experimental years I um I um <laughs> Dabbled with some of the Omni track. No, no giggling. Uh, uh, I, I, I dabbled with uh, with some of the Omni training, and, and they almost insist or, or demand that someone be a somnambulist, really, um, yeah. for, for the work to be effective for them. And and, yeah. and as 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 we know, us grown ups know that's not the case. But yeah, um, um, but it was they they sort of like. It was it was a bottom line that the subject at some level had to either be trained to become one, or needed to be a somnambulist from the start. Uh, otherwise, um, uh, the uh, the the therapy wouldn't be effective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So um, now that your juices are flowing, Nick, tell us what's your first, what's, what, what's the first item you would like us to consider launching into, uh, <laughs> catapulting into Room 101? Well, um, uh, Jorgen briefly touched on, on uh, the cognitive approaches to therapy, or, or uh, to paraphrase what he said. And, um, and I probably want to put CBT bashers in the hypnotherapy community into room 101. Mm. Uh, I, I think there's been a recent post that I've been following as of today or yesterday. But yeah, saw it. It seems, it seems to me that I, uh, I think a lot of it generates from really poor uh, quality teachers uh, spreading the word that CBT, generally based on the same article that they regurgitate um, about the diminishing effectiveness of uh, CBT. Yeah, often promoted uh, by Oliver Burke, for example. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Ironically, Oliver Burke. But, <laughs> um, but the, the problem with this is, is generally it comes from a place of complete and utter ignorance. Ignorance of what CBT is, um, an idea of what CBT actually isn't, um, and and very little uh, self-reflection in terms of uh, the work that they're doing and their own personal limitations as hypnotists <coughs> or hypnotherapists. Um, I I just I could probably rant on for a good hour or two just on this subject alone. Well, it makes um, um, one of the one of the points that that, that that I consider to be related that there's absolutely on my on my agenda <laughs> for this particular episode is this idea of, of how amazingly superior hypnotherapy is to, to everything else all of the time. Mm. You, you know, you know, I consider it to be special. It's very close to my heart. Um, um, but but in real terms, is it definitely that much better than a lot of a lot of the ways in which people people present it and 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 you know really one of the points that i think i've made to you privately before nick um, um is is one of the comments that a lot of hypnotherapists say and that I, I i hear a lot of them say which is i see lots of people in my hypnotherapy rooms for whom cbt <laughs> failed them yeah. And, and my point is, well, the reason they're in your hypnotherapy rooms is because CBT failed them. You're not seeing all the people for whom CBT did work for, for example. Um, I, I, I'm no massive CBT advocate. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, co cognitive behavioral approaches to hypnotherapy are distinct from, from CBT mm -hmm. and, 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 and pre-existed um, um, as far as CBT was concerned. <coughs> but um, I, I, I'm, I'm there with you. I hear what you're saying. Um, 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 Etain, Jürgen, James, did any of you have any um, um, anything that you'd like some clarity on as far as Nick is concerned? No. Um, no, no. So, the only thing I would kind of add is that I do think, although I get what Nick is saying, I do think that sometimes CBT can be presented in quite a dry fashion that is just off-putting. And, and it's unfortunate because it misses the essential point underneath you know what what's really going on with cbt but i think that sometimes it's just presented quite dryly but i suppose that goes back to what nick's saying about you know bad trainers and oh do you know, do you know what though every, every uh, therapy every profession can be presented dryly or poorly i'm, I'm not disputing that i'm actually mm -hmm. talking about judgments being made generally um to get a pat on the head from their trainer because they've heard them uh, say the same sort of thing or coming from a place of just sheer ignorance 
Yeah. And, and, and just to and just to go on from what Adam said, you know, that's a really this is a really good point that Adam's made. You know, that they 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 uh, churn out this. I've seen lots of people for whom CBT hasn't worked. Well, truth be told, I've seen lots of people for whom hypnosis and hypnotherapy hasn't worked. Yeah. yeah. Um, but isn't uh, isn't there a sense of almost a sense of a, a kind of a David and Goliath thing here that CBT has become the uh, the go-to therapy, generally speaking, the, uh, certainly here in the UK, if you go to the, your GP, um, there's yeah. a fairly high chance that CBT will be the the avenue that they push towards. And do you not think that there's a sense that um, for for some of these therapists who are who are putting forward a different approach, uh, there's a degree of irritation or even jealousy that, hang on a minute, you know, you're always talking about CBT and then linked to what Adam said and, and their own small world experience is they're, they're forever hearing the negative side. They're not seeing the bigger picture. They're only hearing the negative side. So is there a, is there a sense that CBT got so big that it's, it's the easiest target to throw stones at? I don't, yeah. I don't think it got I mean, so big. I think it got so accepted. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, quite uh, right. And, 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 and the problem. The, 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 you know, it, it does have um, 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 far greater evidence to support it. I, I, I absolutely recognise that some of that evidence um, um, has failed in replication studies. Um, um, and, and, and I get that. But, um, you know, that the, the, the evidence to support it is still overwhelmingly more impressive than, than the field of hypnotherapy can boast today, um, um, which, which, which strikes me as a massive shame. Um, um, because they ought to be, they ought to be, they ought to have a, a good positive influence. Um, um, the, 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 there is evidence also to suggest that, that hypnosis plus CBT, you know, advances uh, uh, the, the, the efficacy of, of CBT. You know, um, um, cognitive behavioural approaches to hypnotherapy do not just mean CBT plus hypnosis, but CBT plus hypnosis does advance its outcome. Um, um, yeah, I, I think a lot of the CBT bashing is is unfounded. Um, so even before I hear from the rest of you, I, 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 I'm happily placing it in room 101, and it gets my vote. Um, Itain, um, 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 does it get your vote or not? I, I use a lot of cognitive behavioural stuff with clients. Yeah, it's it's in for me. Um, Jurgen, does it have yeah, your vote? Definitely. And, and and a quick comment on it too. Uh, I think uh, I think this field would be. I mean, what we bring to the table, I think, very often is is artistry, a bit like Nick or, or Etain talked about. You know, that ability to to help someone make a discovery, have an insight become you know live, have an embodied experience of something. I very often think that 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 is where the hypnosis and NLP kind of artistry comes in, where, where I think CBT is very good. And I've, I'm very familiar with Albert, Albert Ellis's work, which I kind of prefer, um, is, is that it, it, it gives a very solid, good philosophical basis yeah. and framework, which is quite reasonable and quite sane to work out of. And I'll, I'll give you just one quick example of this, because I think it's important. Um, a lot of people come in, you know, as clients and they essentially say, you know, other people make me feel this or that way. Like I'm, I'm the victim of other people's perceptions or, or opinions or whatever. 
And a, a good CBT therapist will, of course, help the person discover that that's not quite the case, that it has more to do with how they interpret things and make sense of things internally. Whereas a hypnotherapist who doesn't have that philosophical framework may indeed help the client create a different perception, but the client may leave with the idea that hypnosis changed me. Like it's, it's still that completely external framework. And if you look today at, at the amount of like teenagers who are struggling with depression and, and anxiety and stuff like that, and this whole politically correct culture that we live in, this culture largely teaches people to engage in the very distortions that CBT people help their clients to get over. Like for example, emotional reasoning. You know, I feel offended, therefore that's evidence that you meant to offend me and you're a horrible person. You know, <laughs> these types of to toxic thought patterns create a lot of misery. And uh, I'm feeling triggered by your tone. Exactly. There you go. There you go. And uh, yeah. so, so yeah. A, a, a definitive yes from, from me. Great. Great. I'm um, um, James. Yeah, anything that bashes rather than critiques is a problem. So, yeah, CBT bashing should yeah. definitely go to Room yeah. 101. Great. Uh, you know, one of the one of the things Attain mentioned earlier, um, um, she said um, um, that, that, that sometimes CBT is taught rather dryly. Um, I, I, I know she didn't necessarily um, mean this, but um, um, for me, the fact that it's that, that it is sober sometimes, that it's delivered in a sober fashion. Um, um, actually is what appeals to me because one of the things that, that sometimes um, 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 one of the things that, that, that sometimes I find very off-putting um, about certain ways in which hypnosis, hypnotherapy and perhaps NLP um, um, to, to, to an extent um, um, it's often offered up in this sort of magical thinking and there's a kind of culture of magical thinking and for me a, a bit of sobriety um, and a bit of and a bit of dryness as far as personal change actually makes it more palatable for me and and, and the magic uh, is is within within the results um so james let's see, what, what, what's on your agenda what can we uh, what would you like to see put into room 101 well first up for my room 101 um i think i'm going to go pretty much straight for the jugular uh, and uh, <laughs> say that the thing that i would love to see go straight into room 101 is uh, demos on students to prove um, therapy and efficacy of uh, of somebody's um, process or protocol. I see this an awful lot at, um, at conferences, conventions uh, and seminars where uh, the, 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 the trainers, the trainers idea, their model, their philosophy is demonstrated uh, on one of their own students. And then lo and behold, the outcome is as best as it could possibly be. Uh, and I would include this on, on, on training material as well. When somebody only selects the, uh, the best demo student or the best participant uh, uh, to, 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 show, to show what they do, uh, I, I find that... The classic uh, that, shooting carp in a barrel. Yeah, yeah, and I, I just it 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 does my head in. You know, it's a, it's a little bit. It always reminds me every time I see it. It reminds me there's a great video online um, of a martial artist, uh, and I and I you know quote unquote martial artist <laughs> um, 
who who clearly either I think he's self deluded as well. Um, who believes that he has this chi energy where nobody can hit him, and he's got all of these students surrounding him uh, that that just constantly reinforce this nonsense. Um, in his case, he actually gets, you know, offered out by a proper, you know, MMA fighter and gets properly pasted in front of lots of uh, lots of TV. I, I, I mean, I'm laughing, but it's not funny, really. It's well, it's very sad. Uh, it's also sad to think that within a short space of time, the guy um, actually went back to what he was doing. It, it didn't change his beliefs or his students' beliefs. Uh, from what I understand, he didn't actually lose any of his uh, of his main students as a result of that incident. But so, so this 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 idea of of thinking or believing that your uh, that it's okay to to demonstrate what you do on your own students as if that proves something. I really want to see that that got rid of. You know, at least be honest yeah. about it. Yeah. You know, I mean, one of the um um j- j- just to kind of contextualise some of what you've said there. Um, um, and I'll probably make reference to to something that Jurgen's said and done before as well. Um um, in as much as I- I've been in in training courses where with you where you have actually specifically asked for someone who believes that they would be a, a challenging subject or where you've, where you've sought to, to actively, uh, you, you, you've actively sought out the people who believe they can't be hypnotized, who believe they can't be responsive when you've been doing demonstrations, which I've always found very interesting and very refreshing indeed. Um, and I know um, Yoga might have something to say on this because he's done, he's done a lot of follow-up of people um, um, who have been demo subjects in classes um, um, on occasions, and he may have something to say on this. Um, um, some some small amount of defence that that I can offer up as far as trainers are concerned um, um, on, on brief occasions. I know it's not really the point you're making. Um, is that is that you know uh, uh, we we want to illustrate something. Um, um, we want to be able to illustrate something, and and you know. I, 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 funnily enough, I say to a lot of my students, you know, if you're just doing a demo out there in the public to, uh, at a talk for your business, for example, it can sometimes make sense to say, and, and the classic question, if you want to go full-blown, successful demo um, that looks really slick and, and makes you look good to people who know no different, um, when you're out there with the public, is to, is to ask, is to ask, is there anybody in the audience here that um, um, that believes themselves to be a really good hypnotic subject? Fancy coming up here for a moment? You know, whoever puts their hand up next, whoever volunteers, you know, you, you know that you're going to elicit that hypnotic phenomena, for example. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just, uh, just, just demoing, it, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely fine with that. You know, if you, if you at a conference or even in front of your own students, if you just want to demonstrate something... Yeah, you're just uh, giving the outline then, of the technique or something and not yeah, making a claim absolutely. that, that this... Absolutely, yeah. making a claim. It's, it's yeah. the idea that I'm saying, I've got this amazing technique, this new protocol, this this fancy whiz-bang, yes. uh, yes. and I'm going to show you how great it is. And the person I'm going to show it on is my top student who is financially invested to be bloody good in this moment. That's yeah. the point I have a problem with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I, um, I have a bunch of guys that, uh, that that studied with me one year who um, 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 who joked who joked um, about um, and they'll be listening to this um, 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 who joked about the fact that one of the guys in my class they all believed was a plant 
they kept saying, yeah, he's a plant, um, and joked throughout the entire time because um, he was such a good hypnotic subject. And, you know, if ever we wanted to, 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 to really make things easy at the front of class, uh, we'd always choose to use him. So let's... Um, um, let's let, just, let, so let's, can I just add, add one, one little extra nugget yeah. to this as well, if I may? Yeah. I, I also think from... Um, if, if you're a... If you really have something to offer as a as a hypnotist and as a therapist in this environment, in this training environment, your students will learn significantly more by watching a demonstration that you have to work for, that you have exactly. to to tweak and turn and, and, and find the right moment and change things in the last second. And I think that's where the real the real gold of learning is found. Not in not in the, the, the perfect formulaic demonstration yeah well what you know class demonstrations the way in which i actually frame them these days is um, and, and i had this discussion with with jürgen um, um a little while back in fact is that i frame it and say look the classroom is idealized um this is an idealized example to give you an exact standardized outline of what we're doing and and funnily enough we're going to treat the the outcome in this scenario as a secondary in importance you know what you what we're doing here is demonstrating the outcome um, um, or rather demonstrating the outline of the process in order that you you get to see it in action a little bit and and you're quite right you know um, for, for, for 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 deeper learning of, of how to deal with kind of adverse conditions and 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 real life therapeutic environment um, you'd be much better seeing someone doing it um, and, and having to overcome some challenges along the way. So um, let's hear what the others think. Um, um, Etain, what are your thoughts? Does this go to? Does this get your vote or not for Room One Hundred and One? Yeah, I mean that's something I'd really agree with. The fact that there is so much more to learn from watching a participant resisting, you know, what the process or what's happening, and the hypnotherapist having to maneuver around that and find ways to deal with that there's there's so much more in that so yeah it's yeah. it's in for me yeah okay Jürgen um, um what are your thoughts does this does this get sent to room 101 or not in your vote largely yes there, there's a something of a contextualized answer or vote here uh, as well because I, I I completely agree I mean if if you're in a conference and you're going to demonstrate something, you know, uh, the idea that you take your top student and kind of do the demonstration seems, you know, seems really, really silly. Uh, the, the, the only contextual thing I kind of have is, is, you know, I, I don't teach basic courses, so I, I don't have students. I kind of just do seminars and I'll show up at a conference and do something. So like, you know, I completely agree on my behalf that if I were to do something like that, that would be really fishy. Um, I, I have some sympathy with people who run basic training courses where, of course, everyone's a student, right? And in, in, in that instance, you may look for the easy subjects because you have to kind of demonstrate what you're teaching. And, and perhaps especially at an early stage where you want to make things kind of easy, crisp, and clean, but, but I think at a conference and when students have a bit more skill, uh, definitely, like, for example, the very UK hypnosis convention that we just did, I did this demonstration on stage. 
and uh, the, the room was dark in hell and, you know, I just kind of randomly picked someone. And uh, it ended up being a good demonstration. I mean, I, I had a little follow-up thing with the person the day after and, and she was really happy that she had done it. And a lot of people appreciated it because I had to troubleshoot a bit. It was kind of, you know, some people actually left the room in protest, you know, some people were disturbed by it. So in, in some sense, I think that's an ideal demonstration where you have to work for it and things don't necessarily go according to plan. On the other hand, I think if that had been a demonstration of a technique in like a beginner's course, I think it would have just been overwhelming to people. Like what on earth is he demonstrating aside from flexibility and the ability to kind of troubleshoot. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, um, so we're going to go to Nick now. Nick, does this get your vote? Um, I just got to say, just to follow on from what Jürgen said, I, w I was in that presentation and, and obviously I had the privilege of seeing the feedback afterwards. I think despite the expectation that the people who were watching his demonstration would have had been further along the experience scale, I think the ones that reacted to it uh, worst were the ones that are in a, a total sort of head shutdown that some of the things you were doing was um, totally conflicting with what they believed should be done. Right. And, and they, was, they wasn't actually paying attention to what was being done. Yeah. They, they kind of lost themselves in their own head. Um, yeah. and, and they ended up making a lot more noise than the actual subject did, as we've discussed themselves. Now, yeah. just, just before I vote, assuming James means... Um, a, a, a training weekend where people, and as we've seen, some people wearing actually the, the logos and emblems of the training school, getting up and, and being the crash test dummies, as it were, um, for demonstrations. Yeah. Um, as a means of kind of selling the authenticity of it and selling the, yeah. the, the kind of validity of the technique. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so take take out the idea of if you know, like for example, if I'm if I'm teaching my students, or if Adam's teaching his, or you're teaching yours, or whatever, uh, that we, we we're taking out that idea of in in house training, where obviously, as 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 has been said already, you want to you want to be showing the, the the principles here, and you want to you want to be giving a good account of those principles because it's a learning environment. I'm absolutely talking about when um, uh, somebody stands up in front of a room full of therapists to s ultimately the, the long goal here is that they, they they're trying to sell you on a on a on a product on a on a on a process on an idea and it's in those environments that i object to uh, the t-shirt wearing disciple uh, being used as the subject right uh, yeah then chuck it in for sure yeah, yeah. great um, um, it's getting uh, 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 um, in, in in the way in which you put that together and the way in which you you've mentioned that it's getting my vote as well. So um, 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 everything everything that's been proposed is in room one hundred and one, um, 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 which which is making me giggle and making me smile at the moment. Um, um, so Jürgen, Jürgen, um, what would you like to offer up to place in, <laughs> into room one hundred and one? Yeah, we, we probably have too much consensus here. And yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll throw in something that... Yeah, I keep probably, trying to offer up the other side. Yeah, the, the other side. Now, what I would... And again, this my, my suggestion here is somewhat contextualized, so it's not a 
completely. But what I would like to see for the most part is the whole therapy, treatment, mental illness frame uh, go from our profession. Um, I, I, I would much rather, and, and you know, we, we, we sell kind of metaphorical illness uh, diagnosis as if there were actual pathological brain diseases. And this whole, you know, this whole medical model of quote unquote mental illness has really been marketed really heavily, especially since the late 1970s and 1980 with, with the debut of like the, the DSM-3, because the psychiatrists at the time were struggling in the marketplace, competing against psychologists, social workers, you know, so, so they needed to kind of rebrand their identity as medical doctors. And, and, and that's how this whole very medical model of, you know, psychological suffering, so to speak, ended up dominating, you know, the last, you know, 40 years of, of uh, or close to 40 years of, uh, uh, of our time. So it's, it's, it's a metaphorical diagnosis. And I, I think that we as a profession are very much handicapping ourselves by uh playing that game I, I would much rather see a framework that kind of says look people are suffering they're having unwanted experiences we can help them with you know uh learning experiences tools insights so that they can have different experiences and have richer models of the world without presupposing that they're ill or that we're treating anything or that we're curing anything or that there's a, like in medicine, you know, there, there, there's an intervention that works on an it. Like does this it technique work on that type of, I, I'd like to see that thing fall away. So are we talking here about the, the pathologizing of mental uh, of mental illness um yeah, yeah. Um, because because certainly you know um um I'm, I'm despite you know i'm desperately wanting to to to, to lose some consensus um, um with 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 what we're offering up here i I'm, I'm very much on board with that you know I, I consider um a lot of what i do with um with therapy as as a means of depathologizing um, right. and looking to depathologize um, but, a lot of but, what but, but do. even the term, and I, and I mean, we probably have to use it to some extent just to, you know, connect with the marketplace of people because that is the the current cultural meme, you know, thinking about it. But 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 even the terms of treatment and cure, and and therapy, I I I would prefer if kind of got lost from the wayside, and and uh, well, particularly the notion of cure. Yeah, because yeah. There, there's nothing to cure specifically. Like, like, like it's you know, yeah, people are suffering. They're 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 having rough experiences, rough lives, but 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 the idea that these experiences are medical in nature, unless there's brain pathology, like you know, Alzheimer's or a brain tumor or whatever, you know, they have some sort of neurological diagnosis. Um, I, I, I would like to see that whole therapy frame kind of die out. Yeah. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. But very interesting. I'm, I'm quite controversial as well. I think. Um, I'm, I'm, guys, what do you think? I'm, I'm Itain, what, what, what are your thoughts? Does well, this get I your vote and and explain your your vote? Kind of. One of the things is most of the clients that come to see me have already been diagnosed by someone along the way with something, generally some kind of anxiety or depression. So as far as they're concerned, they've already, you know, they've already got some kind of label on it. And one of the things that I really enjoy, especially with anxiety, is turning that around for a client and showing them that it's more a brain habit rather than a disorder. But I think if we were to lose it altogether, there would be some difficulty in letting clients know what we could help them with. So, um, I don't, can you come back to me? I need to think about it a second. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, James, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I'm, I, I am sort of definitely with with Jorgen on this. I, I'm for for a long time now. I've I've been slightly concerned with this this uh, insistence on labelling pe- people. Uh, very very quickly, um, particularly within the the sort of the um, anxiety and depression. Uh, you know, my my um, my eldest son, uh, who's now twenty one, uh, was was just having a really crappy time when he was a, a teenager, um, and he went to the GP, and within a five minute consult consultation the uh the gp had said it said the words um oh i think you've got depression and and i and i sat there and i and i was sort of chewing my fingers in anger thinking oh why have you done that because because now now the amount of effort and work that needs to be done to uh, to to change this, and 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 I and I, I I speak from a slightly lay point of view on this, admittedly, but I, I worry that that if we're too quick to pathologize this stuff, we we take it away. You know, if you've got um, if you if you've got a virus, then then it's 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 not down to you in that sense. It, it's something that's happening to you that you're you're disconnected from to a degree, and it needs it needs some external intervention to to sort out. I mean, there are things you can do, of course, but you know, if you break your leg, it's got to be cast up. With things like this, and it, I, I think that the moment you start to to say to, to add these labels on you 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 remove an individual's ability to to be involved uh, in their uh, in their wellness uh, you you take away responsibility you take away um uh, there's a word i'm searching for here and it's disappeared out of my head for, for for the moment but you take away that that ability to do something about it and from talking to lots of therapists the good therapists out there almost universally are trying to empower their clients with tools uh, that, that that exist far longer than the session that they go to does. And I, and I feel that these words that we use actually have exactly the opposite effect, uh, the, exactly the opposite effect. They, they, they remove a person's ability to feel, uh, uh, to feel empowered. 
Um, so, so yeah, a rambled answer, but hopefully you made some sense out of it. Ultimately, I would, I would agree. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely put this into room 101. There are caveats, of course. There are. It's a very, it's a very broad subject. So, uh, so yeah, it goes into room 101 with caution. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I, just to specify, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about you know neurological disorders or brain tumors yeah. or, or infections. I'm, I'm talking about anything that kind of belongs in the DSM uh, mental illness or psychiatric uh, illness category where, you know, there, there's no evidence per se that there's anything neurologically wrong uh, or, or the diagnosis is not based upon anything medical. It's based upon consensus voting and and interpreting someone's behaviors and thought patterns as evidence of there having to be some sort of pathology. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Nick, what about you? What are your thoughts? Um, I think uh, I think both, uh, well, everyone has made uh, quite a lot of sense on this. I, I have got a problem, like James said, with the labelling. You know, we, we're coming up to, it'll be January soon, and we'll, we'll have Black Wednesday, We'll, we'll be seeing the art. We'll be seeing the articles. Forty-six reasons why you could be depressed, um, and we'll be seeing stuff like that. And and I, I I sort of fell foul to that sort of marketing a few years ago, and I've tried my darndest to move away from it. The only thing I can think of which makes me reluctant to uh, to to say yeah, just chuck it in one one hundred one as well is the fact that sometimes there's a few labels. Let's put it this way: if if every therapist or change worker was like Jorgen, I wouldn't have any hesitation whatsoever to say, "Yeah, chuck it in 101." But if if a label of depression can stop someone who's who's grossly incompetent from touching that client, then maybe there's a little bit of value to be had from it. You, you know, um, we we see it now. Um, I've, I've got someone with acute alcoholism and they've been uh, acutely depressed for four years. Can I use uh, XYZ protocol on them? Um, the, the fact that they're questioning yeah. themselves whether they should even be working with them, I think potentially could be a good thing. The problem is, and I think this is really what Jürgen's trying to say, is, is that they're just labelling everything and anything now. Um, and, and it's getting in the way of, of like James said, working with a client to help themselves yeah um and and so i i would say thinking thinking and assuming where Jorgen's coming from with this yeah put it in 101 but i would say that there there might be some value having certain labels just to stop the idiots from playing with those sort of clients i mean we can of course put the idiots in room 101 later <laughs> so um, um, um Etain, has that um, um has, has has that informed your decision at all Yes, for a move away from labels. I definitely think the DSM has a lot to answer for. I think there needs to be a move away from excessive labeling of people who then get stuck and fixed in these labels. Yeah, yeah. Banning labels altogether. Um, put it in. Yeah, put yeah, it in. yeah. So, um, 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 for me, for me, um, um, because because I consider um, a, a name of my work to be to to depathologize, it makes a lot of sense for me to put it in there. I think also um, um, that the reading of symptoms um, um, makes it enough for me to to want to put it in there. Um, I'm not even as complex or as sophisticated as 
um, um, as as the DSM is, you know, you go into WebMD, for example, you look at something like ADHD, and 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 people sort of end up um, um, self-diagnosing because they read that the ADHD, you know, you know, a, a sign of ADHD is that you know you 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 are breathing erratically or something like that, and and people start to think, yes, that's me, I've got that as well. Um, um, Okay, so so um, 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 everything's been consigned to room one hundred and one so far. So, um, Etain, let's um, 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 let, let's hear your second your second item, your, your second thing that's up. Second choice I have referred to as hypnotherapists flicking clients in the head, and what I'm referring to is all the kind of poking and pulling and flicking that can go on sometimes by hypnotherapists name of inducing hypnosis and I, I i find it really wrong i just it poking someone between the eyes pulling the back of their head kind of putting your slamming your palm into their their forehead i just i think it gives us a bad name it Is gives this... us a bad image and i just really don't think it's necessary there's a scientific word for it <clears throat> Boinking. One of the things that I struggle with, um, 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 you, you, you've mentioned lots of that there. You, you know, I, I find it difficult for any kind of physical touch within a therapy environment based on the fact that I'm, I'm quite a tall tall stocky man and 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 i find that you know first of all to get get too close to somebody or close enough to do much of the touching can be quite 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 yeah. domineering and invasive and so on and um I'm, I'm strikes me as being a little bit um a little bit unnecessary with with a lot of people um james i'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this based upon the fact that with a lot of the sort of close-up stuff that you do um, including some of the performance um, and performance <coughs> hypnosis and pickpocketing and things, you, you, you're a lot more comfortable with 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 the touch and and the way in which it's done professionally uh, in particular. Um, I, I know that Attain's not necessarily referring to to that kind of touch, but more the kind of um, I'm, you know I'm, I'm more the kind of almost done for effect i've seen you tap tap someone in the middle of the forehead before you know to, to yeah. well when they've rediscovered their their name for example that you've taken away um yeah. I'm, I'm so, so i'd be interested to hear what you think on this well so so for me here's, here's the point i it's a theatrical gesture uh and i wouldn't want to lose uh to room 101 uh sorry Tane, but i wouldn't want to lose the uh the the, the touch uh, element because for me there's a there's a great power in the in in the magic moment in the theatrical gesture now what i would like to lose to 101 is any idiotic beliefs that those gestures are necessary for anything other than a theatrical purpose if i were doing a therapy session with somebody and i and i have and i do therapy sessions with people periodically I, I, it, it's, it's utterly different. It's utterly different. And I wouldn't be tapping them on the forehead or, you know, 
slapping on the back of the head. Not that I've ever slapped anybody on the back of the head in, in theatrical performance or, or, or therapy. But uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't require uh, those things because there's there's nobody there's, there's, there's no show going on. And that's the point. I'm doing those things not for the individual on the stage. Most of those things are actually done for the benefit of the audience because I have to make what I'm doing uh, theatrical. I have to, I have to, I have to make sure that the people in the back of the room understand what the now moment is. Um, so, so, so little taps and gestures and you know bells and whistles uh, are there for that purpose. Now. So an, an extra element to this, and kind of Adam's touched on this as well, is I think it's personality driven. Now, uh, when I do, uh, and, and I've spoken to to subjects, and I've had other people speak to subjects after the fact um, to take me out of the loop, and people aren't offended by the touch. Now, as a as a as a pickpocket, I've made a point of learning how to encroach in your personal space without you. Um, being aware of it, but specifically that awareness is about is about your comfort. I want you to feel comfortable with me being that close to you. Uh, I don't want to I don't want to seem threatening in any way, shape, or form. Uh, and I like that dynamic. I think there is something, even in therapy, there is something incredibly important about <clears throat> human connection, human contact, human touch. I think there is something deeply important about this uh, in our lives. But it, it has to come down to how it's done, for what purpose it's done, yeah. the person who's doing it, the, the, the circumstance, the situation. There are so many factors to be taken into consideration. My issue um uh, uh against this and why i why i would put an element of this into room 101 is the misuse of it either the physical misuse and you know when um, i've seen i've seen state hypnotists like yanking people's arms out of their socket in the most aggressive fashion or yeah. or pushing pushing their head down between their legs uh during an induction uh which is just posturally terrible anyway um uh, or the, the 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 belief element of this, where they actually believe that somehow this stuff does something. Mm. So so yeah, with with the caveats, I would I would agree with you. But there are, you know, I wouldn't want to lose touch altogether. That's the point. I no, wouldn't want sure. to lose. I, Adam, the mainly I'm talking about in the therapy room. I, I know that yeah. there's, it's a different context. When yeah, oh, absolutely. And the street thing is. I, I do touch clients on the wrist occasionally whenever I want their hand to move up towards their face or something like that, but I ask them beforehand. Yeah. But aside from that, it's it's an it's a force issue. It's, I've seen not just hypnotists, but hypnotherapists use this, in my opinion, really inappropriately. You know, a, a fairly shocking tap between the eyes or quite a quite a strong tap on the back of the head and I think in the therapy room it has no place I think if you're going to touch a client in the therapy room it is best to let them know that you're going to do it or to ask their permission it makes them feel involved and like they have the say and how the process is yeah. unfolding yeah, so, yeah yeah I mean I I've um, I've been in a couple of presentations, a couple of trainings where where, where this kind of thing has been has been, uh, people have attempted to explain it. Um, I've, I've found the explanations to be 
um, a little bit un unsatisfactory and I've not found any uh, any evidence to support it. Now, I'm not suggesting that that that, 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 that I'm 100 percent led by evidence. Um, um, but, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm I, I, I kind of um, 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 I, I think I'm influenced by the fact that my own approach doesn't really include something along those lines. Um, um, Jürgen, how about you? Where are you at with regards to kind of, you know, the, the, this sort of touching, uh, sort of thera so-called therapeutic touching um, um, to, to sort of emphasize points and create change within, within hypnotherapy sessions? I have found some, I mean, I don't do really regression work much anymore. Uh, Back when I used to do a lot of it, I found some use in like very rapid inductions and touch as as maneuvers to kind of confuse and distract and to kind of evoke emotion. Like mm. it, it it seemed congruent with what I was doing. I think I I think I agree with Attain in 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 you know like 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 her intent. Like there's a lot of stupid. Well, I don't know if there's a lot, but I've seen a little bit of like stupid poking and people jerking and touching in ways that, you know, it, it kind of yeah. looks like most of these people are, well, A, that it really has no place most of the time and B, that people are just doing it because they've been taught to do it. Like, like if you ask them, like, why are you doing this? There's, there, there's no good answer. So, so I, I would say I, I, I agree with Attain, uh, and, and and a little. I don't think this really goes against what she's saying. It's it's just like an an additional. I I'd like to have the uh, artistic permission to do something within a frame of consent. Like you you have a clearly defined relationship with a client that's consensual. But within the balance of that, I like to really have the artistic freedom to do stuff that seems outrageous and that may confuse them, shock them a bit, make them laugh, you know, things that conventionally seem completely inappropriate because yeah. that somehow can at times be useful to help people kind of pop out of very habitual ways of thinking. But and isn't this, the, isn't this a, the a difference? voice tone or, or a touch or... or or just a maneuver, or just like, I mean, if you had looked at some of the transcripts from some of my sessions, especially in the past, it would have looked like bloody murder. But <laughs> if you had seen the actual session and seen the client laughing and having fun and just the, the vibe that it came out of, it would look completely different. So yeah, yeah. those are my thoughts yeah. on that. Yeah, so um, um, Nick, what about you? Where, where are you at with regards to this? Um, yeah, I don't really have um, a lot extra to add. I, th I think, the, you know, to contextualise what you're talking about is is very important. You know, and 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 also as well, the the person doing it and and how the person um, uh, does it and works with their client or their subject. I, I had an instance where there was a complaint after this year's convention because someone's knee was touched um, during a demonstration. I don't need to mention names or anything, but. I went back and luckily it was um, it had been videoed, so I could go back and and look at, and 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 it was very. It, it was very innocently done. Um, it wasn't clumsily done, um, but 
you know, I was appreciative of where that person was coming from. They've been taught that you ask, like I think Jorgen just said, you ask permission to touch um, uh, before you do. I think sometimes that sort of permission can be forgotten in the heat of the moment. When when we go on to the, um, and, and what I believe Attain is talking about, the boinking that we sometimes see, yep. um, I think... I think if you look at someone like a Jerry Kine who did it and, and the personality and the character behind it, he was very uh, gentle and affable and he probably got away with it because he was Jerry. I think when when two or three people down the line try to uh, try to emulate it, it and it becomes looking mechanical or, or maybe clumsy or heavy handed, then it then it's, it can possibly become uncomfortable to watch. Um, and, and, and then and then perhaps you just should um, be a bit more self-aware of how you're coming across, and um, but I don't. I've got to be honest. I'm on the fence there because um, be, um, because there's a sliding scale, sliding scale of, of what I think is appropriate and what's not, and, and I think context is everything in this case. I mean, I I've been known to hug the odd client with their permission, or, or, or might I just say I don't <laughs> just jump up and, and and just throw myself on them. But uh, I think I think you need to edit that very carefully, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could edit that one or two ways. Um, but I, I know perhaps perhaps that would probably make some people wince. I, I think I think. But if we're talking about the heavy handed boinking. Yes, that's what we're talking about. Then that, then, yeah. then that is just that's just no lack of self-awareness. Uh, sorry, that's a lack of self-awareness. Um, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. should go in as well. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay, so um, um, I think um, um, I think that one is going to go in just with a couple of um, 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 a couple of sort of sort of um, 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 frameworks. Uh, um, um, so yeah, 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 yeah. I think that one is going to go in with a couple of sort of caveats and and permissions with regards to uh, uh, making certain versions um, um, uh, okay, dependent upon who and how is doing it. Um, 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 because because uh, for those people that are listening and tuning in, um, um, we have uh, uh, to, to get all of us together at a certain time um, 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 was uh, was a little bit challenging. And um, Jurgen, there's a chance that you might have to go in a, sh in a while. So how about we do your next one now? Yeah, well, I have 20 minutes, so so, so we'll be fine. Yeah, I I have one, and and again, these are. I mean, if you ask me an either-or question, I'll, I'll be likely to say yes. You know, <laughs> I just have this tendency of always looking for the context and the situation and counterexamples. But I, I, I would like to see a, a, a strong emphasis away from the idea, even in scientific work, that does technique X work on issue Y? Mm. Um, I, 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 I think this whole orientation of does this protocol or does that technique uh, work on that, like, does that it work on that it? I, I, I think it's a very reductionistic way of thinking that doesn't really do what we're doing justice. I mean... It's not entirely wrong. I mean, psychoanalysis clearly is not the way to work with a phobia. I mean, like, like, so I'm I'm not completely disputing it, but I I, I, I would like to see a more. I, I I would like to see that whole does technique X work for issue Y thing, 
kind of end up in the waste back basket mostly and 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 begin to have a conversation where we kind of realize that okay people make shifts in perception people have insights people somehow enrich in their maps and to, to be able to look at, okay, if we do what we call hypnotherapy, what I as the professional bring to the table in terms of skills and, and capacities matters, but what the client brings to the table in terms of skills and capacities and engagement matters. And then you have the relationship and contextual factors that matters. And out of that, something will emerge that's either useful or not. And I'd like to have the conversation more orient in that direction uh, versus that very mechanical cause and effects. Does this work on that orientation? Sure. So is it is it specifically the 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 the, the question that somebody is asking? Does this technique work on that thing, or is it the the entire mindset of of, the, of, of there being the, some sort of a formula? That, yeah, that that certain approaches work for certain issues. Yeah, yeah, because people will ask that, but I mean, us at conferences, you know, the way we frame this, the way we think about this, the whole mindset around it, I think would be way more useful if it, if we kind of went away from the magic technique, the the magic tool that does something to the illness, so to speak, which may be kind of appropriate if you're talking about an infection or, or, you know, something like that. But yeah. I think we're kind of, but I think we in this particular profession are kind of missing the mark a bit by thinking in that way. Sure. Sure. Um, um, um I think, uh, I, th I think the reason for my, for my question was because, um, um I think the mindset of, of people asking for something to, or to 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 apply that that the kind of mental um, framing of I need something to apply to a particular um, to a particular issue is 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 incorrect and and ill informed. I think that entire mindset of of um, 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 you, you know give me something that I therefore apply to that particular issue uh, yeah. is, is, is an unusual is an unusual mindset um, yeah, um, um, this um, thing that's being treated there's this idea that the person has this thing you know separate from their thinking process called anxiety or whatever this thing that is then being treated by this technique that's being applied to it a bit like yeah. the, the way you set a broken leg I, yeah, I, I'd sure. like to see that orientation kind of go to the sure sure I see where you're, I, yeah, I see where you're coming from for, for, for me that the mindset of that that line of inquiry of someone's actively seeking something to apply to to an issue in particular an issue that they they feel ill-informed to, to 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 deal with 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 any other thought process um, I'm, I'm, but, but I think I, th I think one of the what, what um, um, I, I can understand the underriding mindset. I, I, th I think I find there to be some some small challenge in 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 how you'd how you'd how you'd bring that out of the realms of of fantasy, um, based upon the fact that you know the a lot of the the evidence base approach that I subscribe to um, typically has that has that kind of mindset and that approach. You know you know we're going to offer up a clinical application. Um, 
um, a clinical application in its in, in and demonstrate its ability to deal with this particular issue. Um, um, so it's it's a really hard one for me to get fully behind that particular notion. But but let, let, let's hear what some of the others think. Um, 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 Etain, where are you on this? Yes, yeah, yes and no. I think it's it's a question of experience. I think when anyone's starting out, it is almost like a default mindset where you're presented with a problem and you think in terms of what can I use to solve this. And then I think once you start to get more experience, your perspective of what's going on widens and you start to see also that so many techniques actually share you know the same principles but just done in different ways and your understanding of what's going on just develops so i definitely think so it, it almost offers you up like, like, like some guidance initially um, um so in the early stages um that kind of idea offers up some some guidance with regards to how to approach that particular issue i think so and and i think then once you start to develop more of an awareness of what's going on you can you can see more into the techniques you realize what's actually taking place in them and and to an extent they become redundant because you can you know you, you can do those aspects yourself in your own way and you develop more of an understanding of just what's taking place and also some of the other things that Jorgen said about you know the relationship between the client and the therapist and just the broader context rather than problem X requires solution Y. It, yeah. You know, it's more nuanced than that. But I do think when you are first qualified and you're starting out, it can be, you know, you can't more, you can't know more than you know. So you have to start somewhere and very often you start with techniques and then as you grow, you move beyond techniques and yeah you can you know see the bigger picture yeah 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 james what are your thoughts in some respects this sort of reminds me of when magicians ask the question and they'll say something like uh, you know oh next uh, uh, you know tomorrow it's usually it's usually very urgent it's usually tomorrow i have a gig uh, in you know in this environment uh, what tricks should i do uh, and i and i always think to myself it, it, it's a bad question uh, because the, the the way the question is phrased and the urgency in which it's phrased rather makes me want to re reply, give the gig to somebody else. You're not ready yet. As distinct to the question, I have a gig coming up in this environment. What what suggestions do you have? You know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm trying to decide what the best approach is. Uh, you know, what ideas do you have? You know, throw some ideas at me um, for me to think about, for me to add into the mix. And I kind of feel that maybe there's a sense with this that if the question being asked by the therapist is, you know, I have a client who has X problem, what technique works best? Does this technique work best? I think, well, that's that to me suggests that you aren't the right person to be seeing this client asking the question, you know, what ideas do you have? I'm seeing a client with this problem. Uh, this is my thinking at the moment. Does anybody have any other ideas that could 
open the doorway to to new thinking that maybe I haven't, you know, maybe I'm just closed off. And I think it's it's about asking a better question. I, I'm I, I'm tempted because I I kind of get where Jorgen is going with this, and I think that in the I'm I, I'm actually going to have to say no. I'm not. I wouldn't throw this one in yet. But I'm I'm kind of going against my own belief to a degree, in the sense that. I'm not a great fan of the rules and the techniques in the first place. I think understanding why things work is a much better avenue of learning than learning the rules to then break them in the future. I, I, I've always been against that that thought process. But as things stand, if we threw this into Room 101 now, we cripple an awful lot of therapists on their current journey because we do have to work with what they know already um and 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 i think that we have to we have to educate a new way of teaching maybe uh, but to throw this into room 101 now i think would be crippling for too many people yeah so just yeah. just okay. for game play's sake i'm, I'm going to say no on this one yeah yeah nick what about you where are you at with this well I, that actually sort of leads me on to what i wanted to ask Jorgen for i wanted to ask him for a little bit of clarification is, is is he frustrated with the teachers teaching students or or new therapists to be like this, or or just the therapists themselves? I'm frustrated with everyone and everything. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm um, what I'm kind of railing against is is the idea that the power lies in the technique. You know, like 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 back to the whole mental illness thing like like the client has this thing called anxiety that they're suffering from this thing right and 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 now you have the so-called therapist who has this technique that's going to treat and do something to that thing it, it it's that whole orientation that i'm rallying against right mm. so so more the belief so uh, almost almost the magic spell yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you could say that. You could say that. So, oh. so um, um, with James, that, do you want to change your? Yeah, um, yeah, I kind of do now. Yeah. <laughs> what about, about you, Nick? Where are you? Where are you at now that Jurgen's answered that? Well, now he's clarified that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, as long as we're talking about a technique and not a model of working, then and and yeah, if if I do this, this, and this, will this cure this? Um. Yeah, I think that has to go in. Could, yeah. yeah, I think I'd be a hypocrite if I said it didn't go in because I think I've criticised it enough in the past. Yeah. Sure, sure. For for, for me, it, it has gradations. It has gradations, and it's hard for me to be absolutely finite because you know, without a doubt, like, like, you, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I will, you know, my thought process sometimes with regards to the decisions I make therapeutically for my client. You know, it would be it would be disingenuous of me to say that 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 I don't think sometimes in that formulaic term because because sometimes I do and and I do think look you know they've they're they're presenting classical you know symptoms um or or or, or, or they're presenting and citing an issue in certain formulaic terms and it makes a lot of sense it makes a lot of sense to use. Uh, or, or an application which 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 the evidence points to um I'm, I'm being able to help this particular individual being able to help that particular person 
based based upon the issue that, that they're presenting. So I, I'm struggling to really put my heart behind that. It, it, you know, theoretically, I can understand. And, and, you know, I feel a little bit of that. I feel a little bit of that when someone just presents a technique that they themselves have created um, um, that seems a little bit like... Um, 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 that has a little bit of magical thinking to it, and a little bit of hype, and so on. Um, and and so, but but in order for me to get to get fully behind this, going into room one hundred and one, I think I would I would struggle based upon um, it would just feel disingenuous because without a doubt, a lot of my the, the therapeutic decision making for my clients goes along that kind of formulaic approach, which which I know you know has its flaws, um, um, but I also know is. Um, is 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 you know has a certain degree of evidence um um, um and, and significance to to support to support it being done and and you know i i think it's it's very idealistic and would be very very difficult to apply such a such a mindset um i'm i i can see the theory behind wanting to put it into room 101 but i can't agree to putting it into room 101 so i think we've got a split decision no james has changed his mind well, I, yeah. oh, here he goes. No, All no, right, no, no, so, no, so, no. so, so, so it's going in. So it's going it's, in, yeah, and and yeah. but, but but despite the fact that I'm the one holding the button, um, <laughs> um, um, I, 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 I have to let it in there. Okay, so yeah, I got press ganged into that basically. I think um, we're Adam, though. Just just to throw something in. Yeah. I I think we're probably fundamentally more in agreement than in disagreement, yeah. even even though we're voting differently because. I, I mean, there, there, there's one thing to say, look, if I frame it this way or if I set up this, it's likely that's the, that the person's going to make this and this meaning, you know, uh, and I'll, I'll use this technique as a tool to do it. There, there, there's, there's a difference between that strategic type of thinking that mm -hmm. you're displaying there and, and, and the more naive belief that many people have that the power somehow lies in a technique that's doing something to someone and sure, uh, sure. yeah i get that yeah i get that yeah i, I, well, yeah, it's, I think that's... yeah it's it, it's going in nick did you want to add did you want to add something well i was just going to say i i think you're able to do that because you 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 wasn't falling foul of that thing of, of thinking one technique was a panacea for everything that and in, in other words you've collected a lot of techniques and a lot of knowledge along the way that afford you uh the position of being able to say i'm going to use this for this um, sure. which i don't which i think was not exactly what Jürgen was saying well sure. i hope it wasn't otherwise i vote for the wrong thing <laughs> so so um, um, um but so, so it, it it's gone in it's been flushed it's been flushed down the that that down the room 101 u bend <laughs> okay along with uh along with my dead goldfish uh, uh from when i was nine um so um, um nick what's um, um what's next on your agenda um well it's 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 a bit similar to one that james mentioned earlier Oh, it's, it's closely related uh, when James was talking about the demonstrations. And that's this. Um, it, it seems quite a, a new thing that people will put up. Um, I don't know if they're real or, or imagined uh, test uh, testimonials on, on social media. And, and they give uh, and they give a description of a therapy session where at the end they announce that it's cured. It's done. That was it. And and the, the more stupid ones will say in a matter of seconds, 
or, or, or minutes or the more dishonest ones, should I say. Um, but it's generally this whole mindset of having a client finishing the session and either assuming or lying at your backside and saying that that client was done, dusted, that was their problem sorted. And, 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 it, and it generally follows up with, you know, five years of severe depression gone like that. Um, and it's those sort of people that I think um, give the profession as, as bad a name as anything. Because, yeah. because one, generally people don't believe them. Two, the, the rest of the community know that they're, they're being unethical and dishonest. Uh, and, and three, it just, that's, how can you possibly know, take both of those out, away, how can you possibly know that that person's fixed until they, until they go back into their own environment, until they mix with the people that triggered the situations? But they're announcing at the end of the session that they're, they're cured or they're sorted or they're fixed. It's just ridiculous, and uh, you know, I think it should be, I, should, I think it should be punishable by death. <laughs> well, um, um, you know, um, um, it's something that I have long campaigned um, um, uh, on the subject of. So I'm, I'm very much in that camp of you know follow up being needed in order to make to make claims. You know that that there be follow up, and the problem with you know that there are problems even with the way in which something is is followed up because mm. um, very often if if the follow up is done by the by the therapist then you know the the the, the you, you can't guarantee that there's going to be truth and 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 authenticity with regards to the, the interpretation and and everything else so it's a very difficult thing to be able to to make such claims um um and and you you know the the, the best of studies typically will have a 6 month follow up a 1 year follow up and an 18 month follow up which involves you know neutral independent dry following up so um, 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 I absolutely, I absolutely hear what you're saying there, and um, there, are, there, there are different versions of that that I that I, I feel very strongly about myself. Um, um, so I'm pleased that's been raised. Um, um, Itain, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Well, but, but before you go, I, uh, yeah, I, have to, I have to run, guys. Yeah. So it, it was an honor to spend this time with you. I just have to run yeah, from Clive. Yeah, was... Although yes, although yes, and uh, I have to go. Uh, thanks, guys. Yeah, awesome. Thank yeah, you, take care. Take care. So, um, um, Etain, what was your thoughts? What were your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, it's wrong for many reasons. It's misleading to uh, future clients coming for hypnotherapy, what they think is possible. It is misleading to hypnotherapists that are just setting out beginning to practice what they think you know how they think therapy may or may not be done and it's it's just untruthful so and, it, and it, it, yeah it, it gives us a bad name because really it's ridiculous you know that a lifetime of problems is taken away after one session it doesn't do us any favors so yeah I mean it's in for me yeah 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 James what are your thoughts well I think both too fast, too slow uh, are problematic as far as I'm concerned. You know, somebody claiming that they've solved a, this lifetime problem uh, in five minutes flat uh, is as bad as somebody dragging therapy out um, for an unnecessary amount of time. Um, the, the, only, the only sort of caveat to this I would put is that 
it it's i think it's it's dependent i mean for example you know i met somebody I know, 10 years ago at a at a gig or say 8 years ago at a gig um who had a problem with a, you know had a phobia and it was a i've i've done this a few times it's like balloon phobia or cups or weird bits and pieces that i've come across and i've done something that has been just purely impromptu you know right then and there you know at the gig in the pub you know backstage whatever and and it's been something that's that's lasted 15 minutes or less and it's had a result and i've and i know because these people have kept in touch via social media largely or even i've met them at gigs subsequently and they they've said years down the line you know everything changed you know it was it was a life changing moment in the sense that it solved that problem so i think that that certain things can be dealt with very quickly indeed very quickly indeed but those are those are, um, are different and they're unique things in comparison to a, a deep problem, um, something that requires time and 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 and, and real skill to to work with. Uh, and so so I think we need we kind of have to have a slight sense of separation that the the duration of the therapy in and of itself. I don't think should be, you know, short therapy shouldn't be chucked into room 101 because some things can be dealt with quickly. But it's the cavalier attitude. It's the the egotistical um, sort of mentality that says, you know, uh, I can deal with therapy. You know, I can deal with any of your problems in in 10 minutes. And, you know, I'm twice as fast as this other therapist. It's it's the ego that, that I have the issue with more than, than than the duration, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I want to. I, I just want to say something with regards to, to to that as well. You know, um, likely likely that there are some mechanisms at play with with the guy that you work with after the show, for example, in that scenario that you presented there. Likely that there is uh, that there are some mechanisms at play that contribute to that to that change happening. That probably oh, absolutely. wouldn't, wouldn't be afforded would have been, to would have been therapeutic. Arguably. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. the, um, 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 the, the the vast majority of therapists don't proceed that therapy session with a full blown show that convinces uh, that the participant or their therapeutic client of 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 a lot of the things that that, that and a lot of the belief systems that people will have following a show for example um, um and 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 have bought in and also the fact that anybody's approached you and believed in your capacity to be able to do that um i'm, I'm and th th there's a bunch of things a bunch of mechanisms in place that are probably not 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 around but also i would say that you're quite right to say that some of the more complex issues are, are, i suspect would not be able to be treated in or approached in the same way and with the same amount of speed. I know there's going to be a lot of people people listening to this that that probably disagree with me. And I've spoken about this um, and recorded videos on it. You know, the evidence tends to suggest that that you know, even though hypnotherapy in and of itself is a brief therapy, certainly in comparison to to you know extensive counselling or psycho you know pure psychodynamic approaches, it's a it's it's a brief therapy for sure. But this kind of you know ultra fast um, um, mentality that pervades many corners of the field these days, I think is probably unrealistic and. A lot of the reasons that it's effective in the hands of some people is not because of the technique itself, um, um, and and to 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 
attribute all the, the speedy effects to that, that particular technique, I think is probably inaccurate. Certainly yeah, the evidence I mean, that we have a, for, for a... things like stopping smoking, you know, um, 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 everybody, everybody, you know, um, um, in the frontline hypnotherapy is taught how to deal with stopping smoking in a single session, yet the, the, the really strong, you know, evidence base to suggest that, 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 that two, three, four sessions are much more likely to contribute to a longer term smoking cessation. I'm sorry, from, James. A, from, a, from a therapy point, uh, sorry, not from a therapy, from a, a theatrical standpoint, yeah. uh, it would be incredibly easy uh, for me to, even even in a even in a non-theatrical setting, even in a you know meeting somebody uh, socially, or even in a therapeutic session, it would be fairly easy for me, with the skill set I have, to uh, convince somebody. Not everybody, but, but a lot of people in, in the short term, as in right then and there, to have them think, oh, my goodness me, wow, that big problem that has been plaguing my mind for decades has gone and I feel a thousand times better. I'm cured. And they would walk away and, and probably profess that cure to a small number of people in their vicinity yeah. immediately. But. That doesn't mean to say that that anything's actually happened. Anything, anything's bigger. And, and I, I would equate it arguably to you go and watch a film. Uh, you know, uh, uh, what was it? My wife and I went to see a few months back. We went to see, oh dear me, it was the Marvel. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Fifty Shades. I know it was it was the Marvel, um, uh, the 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 last Marvel film. I'm a I'm a big I'm a big comic book geek fan. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the, the bottom line is I walked out of the, the, the cinema absolutely feeling like, you know, if, if I'd have witnessed a mugging, I mean, I'd, I'd, have, I'd have cast out a web and, and swung down and, and saved the day um, <laughs> because I was, I was totally into that, that feeling, that emotional and belief system feeling, having just sat through a couple of hours of, of something I love. Of course, that wore, that wore off. And it wore quickly, and it wouldn't have mattered the film. You know, if I'd have seen a, a nice sort of soppy, weepy film with the wife, I'd have probably walked out feeling really romantic. But that would have worn off too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, That's the main reason you take her to those sorts of things. Indeed, just just to you know to give me that 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 little film. But so I, I think there is a danger that um, the therapist can be swept up in this this almost delusional no not almost the in this delusional moment uh, themselves and feel this sense of a superpower because they're able to uh, to 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 manipulate people in the way that they can but 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 where does that go what what happens next and i think that that for me means that it needs to be taken a lot a lot more seriously and more time spent and more a better follow up too Okay, so so let me clarify. I'm, I'm talking about people who are in a position that should know better. Sure. So 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 I've as as have we all um, had clients that we've helped and haven't seen again, and because one session's been successful, I've had clients where they haven't come in because we found a, a practical or common sense solution to an issue and they haven't even come and see me. They've, that's just been on the 10 minutes that we've had a consultation. I'm talking about the people who, who deliberately set out to mislead um, with regards to the efficacy of the work that they're doing. Yeah. And, and and when it gets to something like depression or acute anxiety or stress or this, that and the other, there's no way in hell of knowing 
uh, when you're in that same space with that same spurs, person at that same time, whether it's been effective or not. But mm-hmm. but they they and they should know it. They do know it. But because they're selling something, they don't care, and they put it out there. And I I think it's an absolute disgrace. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and um, and, and 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 especially when it's done by by, by influential individuals. Yeah. Who then who then buy into that and you know start start using it um, potentially in a way that is that is thoroughly irresponsible and not very client centered, just kind of applying it, expecting the same the same kind of approaches. You know, um, um, I know that um, 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 I know that there are certain approaches, certain techniques that that, that in, in and of themselves engender a lot of a, a lot of that kind of that kind of attitude. Um, um, you know. Um, from from anything from certain certain applications of NLP to certain tapping techniques to certain other kinds of techniques and approaches out there so um, um that the, the, I know the very nature of it tends to attract people that, that that want super fast speedy types of techniques um but but for sure you know I think the evidence to support to support that mindset is is quite limiting um um you know it, it, it's it's not it's you know that there is some evidence to support some some really fast uh, applications and and so on with long term follow up, um, but I think some of the so, 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 what 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 you're really really aiming this at, Nick, is specifically people saying that you know a few minutes um, with this particular application will cure A B C issues all the time and and kind of engendering that that mindset which is really irresponsible. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it gets my vote. It gets my vote. It's in there. Um, Etain, um, where are you at with this? Yeah. I mean, Gary Turner made a point on Facebook somewhere the other day about test, test, and test again, and you know that that's what we need to be doing: testing, seeing if it's seeing if if the change has held and. Yeah stuck and the mm. client has moved and you know they've shifted and that that's when the work is finished not because a particular technique has been run in record time so yes it's in. yeah 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 james yeah yeah i'm i'm uh, i'm on board with this as well yeah, yeah, okay. It's been flushed away. Um, um, James, so what's your second? Uh, what's your second final element? To my offer last, up? yeah, my last thing is uh, I kind of touched on it in various ways, and it sort of brings into more focus uh, where I was with uh, with with Jorgen's last um, concept. Um, it's it's magical spells and rituals, and, and specifically within hypnosis, it's the induction process itself. The thing I'd love to chuck into Room 101 is inductions. Um, uh, not the mechanics, not, not the thing that we do, but the belief that they intrinsically do something in and of themselves. That's the thing I'm, I'd, I'd really passionately, and I'm... I'm seething with anger even as i say this i want to get rid of inductions um and and the belief that hypnotists have and specifically that the uh, and you know we've all probably in the past fallen foul of this ourselves i know i certainly have and i know that you have because we did it together but the, the idea of selling inductions as a magical pathway to the wonderful world of hypnosis 
and that my induction is better and quicker and more infected and more effective than yours is and it's just all bollocks sure sure i, I mean i hear what you're saying i hear what you're saying there um, um and certainly that you know fr from my particular point of view when we look at the the evidence typically the evidence tends to suggest that that the induction process does that does very little other than raise raise suggestibility by a negligible amount. Yet the researchers that 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 showed that within their clinical work still used inductions. Um, and, and, and knowing that, um, I still use them. I don't. Um, I, I am keen these days to make it very plain that um, um, that the induction is not necessarily a cause effect process. It's not a kind of mechanical process that people are reacting to um, um, but that actually it's like a cue it's like an opportunity to marshal the kind of elements and the modulating factors that contribute to hypnosis like it's a sort of zoning in a focusing in um, um, so so um, um, yeah, that, I, that's, I can, that, I can that's understand much, that's I can pretty much where I am because I still use inductions I still yeah, do yeah me too it, it's the belief in them uh, beyond the 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 the, the the suggestion element. So, so I, I look at I look at inductions as being an effect, not a cause. That's my that's kind of really the big point. Is is the inductions were seen as this um, uh, the sort of the first step or the second step yeah. if you count pre-talk, but but it was the the way into hypnosis, and it's that element of it that I have a problem with. How it how it works from a theatrical device for belief's sake, that's a different matter entirely. But it's it, it's not it's not a magic spell. It's not a ritual that that if we follow to the letter. And the idea of of you know it, for those who were there at the UKHC, one induction I did involved flicking water at somebody. <laughs> And, mm -hmm, yeah. But the idea that I could I could write that down, uh, well, the idea that I could write that down as an induction and sell it to hypnotists is the part that 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 I want I want us to get rid of because I think it's 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 problematic in for lots of reasons. It's dishonest. Uh, understanding why it works now that's a valuable, but but I think we don't get to why it works because we're so obsessed with the. The induction itself and the selling of them and, and the fact that I can go down from, you know, my, my eight word induction, I've, I can now go down to two words or seven words or four words. It, 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 it's, that, it's that side of it that I think is misleading. And the amount of whilst the people in, in this podcast, in this room, so to speak, undoubtedly understand what's really going on. I would argue that the vast majority of hypnotherapists that I meet don't understand what's actually happening when they do an induction, that they have a belief in the induction. And I think that's damaging. Yeah, 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 yeah. I understand that. Um, um, I, I get that. I think it's limiting. Um, um, I think for me, um, um, this the, 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 the cause effect element of, of inductions can can probably go um but actually for me i i think these days one of the one of you know some of my study on placebo has has shown me and pointed out the value of the ritual um, um and the value of the ritually that the ritualistic notion of 
the induction. Um, and but, not but, that but it's cause effect and that it's a to, passive yeah. thing. Um, exactly, but, but and have the decency are, to label it as a place, uh, as the placebo. You know, uh, reference it as we're doing this. Maybe not reference it to the client because you might not have to, but certainly yeah. reference it within the community as this is this is working on this level and the placebo is a major element to it you know rituals you know helping the placebo along are valuable but 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 stop seeing it as being something magical something else that that's my problem not not the activity itself because as i said i will i will i will use inductions to the day i die from my point of view because they're theatrically brilliant and I, you yeah. know i fool not to but from a teaching point of view, um, teaching teaching people the formula, I, I think it's I think it's a mistake. Yeah, sure, sure, okay. Um, um, Itain, where are you at with this? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, in terms of ritual and theatre, I still use them. I think the problem with them lies. It, it's kind of associated to the idea of trance because. Those who believe that, you know, there's some kind of magic spell, they tend to contain the words deeper and going somewhere, like entering into some kind of trance. And I think that is where the problem with inductions lies. That's where the magic spellness, you know, kind of is, is going to, that you are going to a place of trance. And that's that's problematic. Well, therefore, therefore, so th th therefore, surely the issue does not lie with induction. But the entire conceptualization of hypnosis and 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 the way in which the person is explaining yeah. themselves. Yeah. 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 Or no. Yeah. yeah it, it's it's in room one one for me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Nick, um, um, what are, what what are your thoughts? Um. Well, I want to ask James who he's got the biggest problem with, uh, and I'm assuming it's the trainers, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it is. I think, well, yeah, I think it's it's the trainers. I mean, I, well, I don't know. It's the trainers and it's the people because, from a personal point of view, even as a, even as a as an, a, as an entertainer, my my efficacy um, when I started to be honest to my audience about what was going on. And about the collaborative nature and about the fact that it wasn't a ritual or, you know, it was a ritual, but but it, the ritual didn't do anything other than to heighten their belief. And there certainly weren't any spells and, and, and to, to, to get rid of the the sleep deeper and deeper swinging watch dark lord mentality. My efficacy went up, not down. The, the, the proportion of my audience that I could engage with, that I could successfully um, uh, hypnotize, increased rather than decreased. And I think that's important. And if, if that's the case for me as an entertainer, that would also be theoretically, and I'm assuming the case for the therapist. So so anything that moves us away from this this way of thinking, I think, benefits everybody uh, enormously. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah sure. See, see, the, 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 see, here's the thing. I think if you said um, you're going to change the way that um, inductions are, are packaged, are, are, are taught in class, you, you're probably going to jeopardise three quarters of the hypnosis trainers out there because it make it constitutes such a big part of of um what they're teaching and i dare 
dare say, constitutes all of the magic in their eyes of what they're teaching. And that's because they're not teaching much else apart from that. Um, if if you had a if you had a a teacher who was prepared to teach inductions and then dismantle inductions, which I guess is what you're getting at, then then I'd be all for it. The problem is as well is if if you're a trainer and you've got 20, 30 plus people in a room. I don't know how many do you have, Adam? Thirty ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thirty to thirty-five um, and you know, you, courses. Yeah. You, you kind of got to give them something structured to be getting on with before you dismantle it to get their confidence going and and, and what have you. Um, and and then the onus is on the trainer, and I know Adam does this, is to give them more. Um, the, the 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 sad thing is, is that a lot of the trainers. And some people do it. They'll do a weekend on one particular technique, but they'll fill three quarters of it with just inductions. But you don't have to. You don't have to start off by uh, by lying, essentially, because that's how I see it. Lying yeah. to your students and deceiving them into believing that the induction is magical. Oh and no! Then, and then eventually un- unpack it later. My point is that right from the very beginning, you can be you can be honest and open, and 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 it's covered essentially in the idea that anything can can facilitate this this belief that we, which is ultimately what we're working with when we do an induction we're playing around with with physical and verbal cues that give information that help paint a picture um yeah i'm just i'm just about that i don't think you have to lie it's, it's the idea though and it's the idea of you know watching somebody learn a uh you know i went to one place i won't say where or who but i went to one place about two or three years ago and i saw somebody teaching um the the, the classic hand to face the you know jumping from the um the handshake uh, up to the face and it was done it was done absolutely as if you had to you had to do it exactly like this it had to be done at this with this timing with this pacing with this positioning mm-hmm. and with this wording uh and although the words weren't said, it was it, the, what they were teaching was because if you don't do it, it won't work. They were teaching yeah, that, it as, and, and that's that's the element of a problem I have. Yeah, that's that's just bad teaching. But um, the the problem I have as well is, you know, if you've got a class the size of Adams, for instance, probably eighty percent of them have, have, uh, are going to come with some um, already set belief about what hypnosis is and what the hypnotic process is, and. I think if you, I, I, mean, I might be wrong. I'm just thinking out loud now about the, the doubts I've got about this. I think if if you started you started it with what they might perceive as as a more unstructured approach, uh, as in you know starting it from from explaining it in the way that you are. You're, you're not wrong, but I, it might not be the best way to begin a 10, 20 day training uh, program. So, 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 give them the experience of inductions and then dismantle it, by all means. But I, I'm wondering if you, if you, if you actually taught inductions as they actually were from the beginning, whether you'd get the same engagement from a. It's the way you teach inductions, really, isn't it? This is. Yeah, but for know, a small group, that might work. This is how it goes. I don't I know, think, Adam. Yeah, I, you know, I think um, 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 for me, for me, chucking um, inductions in room 101 is a little bit of uh, throwing a baby out with the bathwater um, 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 as, as far as I'm concerned, because I think that um, there's a huge amount of value in them 
Um, I can understand that there is without a doubt some massive flawed thinking with regards to um, how they are explained and 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 the, the kind of role that they that they serve and so on. Um, um, but you know, I'm 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 sold on I'm sold on inductions uh, and and. Um, um, you know, and, and that's in the face of some some fairly weak evidence, you know. And and I spent I spent you know I, I I'm a really big fan of Martin S. Taylor and some of James Tripp's um um you know hypnosis uh, hypnosis without trance type of approaches, whereby you know there's a complete you know they're completely bereft of any formulaic or formalized induction whatsoever, and they're still receiving you know people and recipients are still getting responses. But I think for me, um, um, you know, I, I, I actually do teach right from the off, you know, a, a very different type of conceptualization of hypnosis that, that prior to teaching the induction, we say, and now the induction, therefore, is not a cause and effect. It's not sort of yeah. a lightning bolt up the backside. It's not a lightning bolt on the backside mm. that says, OK, I'm doing the induction. So now, ta-da, you're in hypnosis. Cue some okay, Jean-Michel Jarre music and yeah. some, can I, can you know, I make get a some slight... smoke machine going and all that kind of stuff. You know, but, can I make but... an amendment then to, to my ah. initial thing? Just a subtle amendment, because I think we're on the same page here, yeah. that rather than saying it's the inductions themselves to go into Room 101, because I, I don't want that because I, I like using them, but it's the belief or the false belief in the induction. That's the thing I really want to get into Room 101. Sure. The false belief around the inductions. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, that, that, that's something I can, I can get behind a bit more. You know, the, the the way in which induction is very often portrayed. You know, like like it sort of goes hand in hand with the the pointy beard and the velveteen cape type of um, um, formula, and 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 very very stereotypical in the way in which it's taught and the the sort of baggage which comes along with that. But to to, to fully dispense with and and be you know, be rid of inductions forever, um, especially because, you know, I mean, one of the other reasons I'm fond of inductions, one of the reasons I'm so fond of eye fixation um, um, as, as an induction is because, you know, the, the three quarters of, of the, 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 the research that we have to support our field is, is done using eye fixation and accounting deepener. And I know people will be listening, saying, oh, that you know, that's that, that, that's that, that, that's rudimentary stuff. That is, I do far more complex and in more intelligent, faster, cooler, uh, more brilliant, awesomer uh, types <laughs> of types of inductions than that, Adam. You know, I was expecting somebody, somebody of your standing, to do more than. Uh, eye fixation and counting deepener, but the bottom line is, you know, that is that that that, that that's the very common thing that we have to support. Um, to, 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 that's been used as a methodology in the research. It's 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 crazy just to to write it off. I'm not suggesting that you are, but but other people do. So yeah, I, you know, I, I can understand the mindset surrounding it. I could probably get behind some of the mindset surrounding it. I'd probably get behind chucking into room 101 but full-blown losing inductions yeah I, don't I, throw I it in because then i'll feel like i've won the game because so far nobody's had anything kept out of room 101 so don't throw it in and then at least i can feel that i've somehow you know achieved <laughs> yeah i'm a winner by losing yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 exactly a bit like losing your virginity i'm a winner by losing I 
So um, I'm, I'm so what that leads me to what all that leads me to say is um, um, a massive thank you to Jurgen, um, to Etain, to Nick, to James for coming, sharing. Um, um, and their ideas on what goes into Room 101. Stay tuned because in a few moments time I'm going to be speaking about stuff that I want to see go into Room 101 um, and we'll be right back. Thanks again, you guys. Thank Thanks you. Thank, Thank you. you. I thoroughly enjoyed that. My sincere thanks uh, go to Etain, Jürgen, Nick and James for contributing so readily to this particular episode. Um, so what about myself? You know, I'm, I'm, I think I'd like to see anti-intellectualism and pseudoscience, you know, specific to the field of hypnosis and hypnotherapy, anti-intellectualism and pseudoscience. Those are the two things I'd like to see launched into Room 101 and removed from the field of hypnosis and hypnotherapy. Um, um, a while back, uh, one of the guests on this podcast started a thread in a forum uh, that he runs over at Facebook about his interview here on this podcast. Um, and lots of people were discussing his views, his stance, and those that are tuned in were giving him some feedback and so on. And, you know, one of the, one of the podcast's aims is to stimulate debate after all. Um, anyway, another former guest um, um, that's featured on this podcast wrote um, wrote a comment on the thread uh, once he'd listened to the episode. Um, um, and he said, I enjoyed hearing you give evidence-based a good hard slapping and for all the correct reasons. I could almost feel Adam twitch as I know this is a thing of his. Well, you know, this was very observant. I do often have to conceal the fact that I'd love to interject and refute elements of what my guests say, um, because I do have major differences with them on occasion, as I say. Um, um, however, each episode is not about me. Um, um, it's about my guests and about me allowing them to have their say. And also a major theme of this podcast is to embrace the diversity. And, and, and you regular listeners, you know that. A while back, I had my eye caught by... by, by, by the, this this just brilliant video clip. Um, I'm featuring Barack Obama, and it was doing the rounds of the internet, and it was entitled "Ignorance is not a virtue." And to sort of echo those opening words of Barack Obama within that, um, he says, "Facts, evidence, reason, logic, and understanding of science. These are the qualities you want in dot 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 dot." And, and I would then interject and add my own completion of this sentence by adding the word hypnotherapists. So facts, evidence, reason, logic, understanding of science, these are qualities you want in hypnotherapists. Um, and so th th there's a fair amount of anti-intellectualism and sneering at evidence-based um, 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 and, and, and research-based approaches within the field of hypnosis and hypnotherapy. And often those who speak up and out against it really offer very weak and implausible arguments against the evidence. Um, I mean, they're sometimes even very pseudoscientific, like they somehow, somehow know far better than researchers about research design, like they know far better than people who've studied at very high levels for years and years and made major contributions, breakthroughs and advancements to our field. Why is there this sort of disturbing trend of anti-intellectualism in the hypnotherapy field? You know, why is there such a chasm between frontline hypnotherapists and the academics and researchers within the field of hypnotherapy? And, and you know, why do so many hypnotherapists attempt to replace intellectualizing with ignorance and self-righteousness um, um, with, 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 with their own brand of pseudoscience as well? 
Um, you know, many do have a financial interest in ensuring their own perspective is is not questioned. You know, for sure. Also, the interest that that that, that keeps them being a revered expert with elevated status within the field. I mean, you know, who would respect those that are shown to be outmoded, outdated and superseded? Um, I'm, I'm, it's in their interests to keep promoting what they deem to be the right way as the only way. I mean, it's something I've spoken about often on this this, this podcast. Within the field of hypnotherapy, I often hear the kind of louder dissenting voices claiming that their own purely subjective experience is somehow more correct than the formalised evidence. Often I hear that the results are all that matter. Getting therapeutic results, that's all that matter. However, understanding precisely how those results were achieved would enable effective measurement and correct replication. What's more, if results are all that matter, then surely we'd still be in the dark ages applying leeches um, and bloodletting and using crocodile dung as contraceptive, as I, as I mentioned in a recent lecture. And this is the reason that expectation, you know, is often measured in hypnosis research, for example, because the level of expectation is likely to affect the results that occur. Although the two have strong links, in order to measure the effects of hypnosis, we have to take into account factors such as levels of expectation and be aware of how that might affect results. Likewise, um, a huge number of other factors exist in a therapy room or a classroom that have not been extrapolated or examined without bias. And so making assumptions about how the results were gained and saying that results are all that matter, it may not be an effective way to teach someone else to get those same results. Teaching based purely upon anecdote and exclusively based upon experience is not always useful. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not suggesting we ignore it, um, but it's filled with lots of potential problems. And, and, and that brings me nicely on to this idea that, you know, a lot of people spend a lot of time saying, Practical skills are far more important than knowledge and academic understanding. Um, in fact, I read recently on a website for a hypnotherapy training school that they don't cover much theory in class because they believe that practical skills are far more important and class should be used that way. And they've obviously not noted that all of the most important surgeons, doctors, physicians, psychiatrists, psychologists and um, psychotherapists in the world had to sit in lectures being taught the underpinning theory prior to practical applications, glibly referring to certain debates and discussions as merely academic is a common thought. Yet, you know, further evidence tends to suggest that correct understanding improves outcomes with hypnotherapy. Now, this all seems to make perfect sense to me. So, so why on earth does it not make sense to large swathes of the field of frontline hypnotherapists? Why is there such a sense of anti-intellectualism? Why are people not scrutinising some of the science that's being presented that ultimately is pseudoscientific? Um, and why is there not more adherence to, to good solid evidence base? Um, you know, and by the way, you know, science and evidence base is not about being correct. It's about making the most responsible decisions based upon current evidence and so on. You know, we'll, we'll always look to to yield when, when when more research comes along and supersedes it. Um, and, but we're not we're not sort of investing all our beliefs in one particular thing and then be, being immovable. You know, perhaps it's because there's so much myth, so much misconception, so much myth, misinformation and pseudoscience that is invested in so heavily within this field. And 
It's then sort of mindlessly regurgitated without applying any real critical thinking. Maybe it is because the evidence-based message is just being dismissed by those regurgitating the myth and the misconceptions and their own authority leaves this sort of firm impression upon those that are willing to listen. Perhaps it's because it would involve us all having to read much more, research more and explore deeper, which just doesn't appeal to those that would rather lazily just do as they were taught. Maybe it's because people just don't want to admit that you know they do not know best, that actually it's a, an incredibly bitter pill to swallow, to think that they, the notions that they hold so dear are, are flawed and anyone suggesting as much needs and deserves to be sneered at. I think it's wholly irresponsible to sneer at the evidence base that we have in this field in the name of being responsible to our clients. You know, I also do not think it's cool or clever to be anti-intellectual or to spout pseudoscience, especially if you're supposed to be a forward-thinking, responsible hypnotherapist and looking to, to, to forward the field. I listen to a lot of audiobooks. I mean, particularly when I'm out running and training for running events. I'm, I'm currently um, I'm pausing some listening hours of textbooks and study materials and I'm indulging in my love of fantasy novels and epic sci-fi type of stuff and I'm listening to a beautiful and brilliant book called Dawn of Wonder The Wakening by an author called Jonathan Renshaw I can't wait for the next one to come out and I'm in love with it in chapter 22 there's a group of boys training at an academy and they're gossiping and reflecting upon the, 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 the coming days and a phrase that was spoken really rang true with me and the issues um, at the heart of what I'm talking about here. Um, um, and, they, and it says, and it goes something along the lines of, speculation holds more wonder than fact. Speculation holds more wonder than fact. And there it was. Um, perhaps a sense of awe-inspiring wonder is what's causing the anti-intellectualism and the proliferation of pseudoscience. You know, maybe that's it. Maybe the myth, the misconception, the speculating about what hypnosis can and cannot do, the allure of the fantastical, is why people in these fields reject some of the more sobering evidence base. I think they need to consider stopping being so starry-eyed just for a wee while, though especially if we want to gain some credibility as a field. Um, um, so, so let's ensure the field of hypnosis does not turn into that sort of typical US high school 1980s movie scenario where the jocks and the athletes and good-looking cheerleaders refer to the well-educated as nerds, dweebs, dorks and attempt to belittle, dissociate, mock or angrily silence the voices of those who desire a, a more thoroughly educated life. Let's not let the cult of ignorance and anti-intellectualism soak into our field for yet another generation. The defence in some cases where many people attempt to bridge the gap without doing any convincing study is to resort to pseudoscience. Pseudoscience includes beliefs, theories, practices that have been or are considered scientific but have no basis in scientific fact, in, in actuality. And this could mean they were disproved scientifically or they can't be tested or, the, or they just haven't been tested and therefore lack evidence to support them. This field of hypnosis and hypnotherapy is rife with that, stuff that people have just created off the top of their heads and are attempting to prove and, and make out is scientific. You know, perhaps they've used the word neuro this and neuro that in there somewhere along the line to make it sound that way and dressed it up. Um, so, so many people within the field of hypnosis refer to neuroscience, but make claims that, that make true neuroscientists wince. 
because they're so flawed and incorrect or people that take headlines as truth without reading full-blown scientific articles and papers and journals all the kind of stuff I write about often I record videos about often um, um, we get references to all kinds of pseudoscience that really are not solid and tends to make a mockery out of this field um, um, in the name of people just wanting to sell stuff and commercialize their creations anyhow Thank you, President Obama. You proved to be a, a wonderful tonic for me. Um, I'm going to go and replay that clip again um, um, because it really is like a like a waft of smelling salts being waved under my nose. So remember, you know, ignorance is not a virtue. Let's get rid of anti-intellectualism, pseudoscience, cast them into Room 101 for good. That's it for this extended edition. Um, if you have items that you'd like placed into Room 101, comment on the episode or send me a message. And um, if you appreciate the time and the effort that myself and my guests put into these episodes, please go give us a favourable rating, even a review at iTunes. It helps us greatly. Um, I'll be back with our usual format um, in our next edition. I've got a host of awesome guests, uh, uh, um, several, several episodes in the can already. I look forward to speaking to you then. My name is Adam Eason. This has been Hypnosis Weekly. Goodbye for now.